Welcome back to the Community Day YouTube or Doctor Day, the Doctor New Podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Ginger. Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode three of The Armageddon Factor. Yes, we see the Doctor get uh, transmitted to Zeos, um, and Romana is left there with K9 and Merrick, and Merrick asks, well, where did he go? How, how did this work how what what is this thing called and so she tells him it's a transmat point and she's explaining to him next time she has another week to spend that how it transfers particles of matter to another point and she says well we we'll have to just try and go try to use TARDIS so they head off to where the TARDIS has been buried in the rubble Marshall's talking to his mirror and he says to the being there that's in, but you promised me, you promised me a victory in the skull. We hear a voice that the Marshall hears says that there'll be no more attacks on Zeus. Zeus, take that as you will. Um, Marshall is interrupted by Shap who says how there is a, um, that all of the Zeon fleet have disappeared, have gone. The, um, the Marshal says that they, or no, the uh, Shap says uh, they had us at our mercy, at their mercy, and they're just gone. Um, they get to where they think the TARDIS is, and K9 says that he can't clear the debris because the TARDIS is just not there. The doctor is being held by two shadowy figures in long black robes and masks, and there is a, a weed shadow figure has a half mask kind of net at the bottom and a very uh, mottled and bumpy looking mask at the top and a hood, a cowl over the over the his head and. The, his minions pull the doctor's hair back and stick a, sort of, um, you know, put the device on him and they put one of those little flashing little square lights on his neck. And says, you are now under my control, doctor. And he says, what, because of this? And the doctor peels a little thing off. It's okay, put him in the chamber. And so they put him in a Kind of a, a diamond-shaped chamber with uh, metal bars out, uh, outlining a diamond shape on it. And as this shadow, he calls himself the shadow. He says he's a doctor's adversary. You could say. Um, he asks him about the key to time and. Have any, any, you know, do you have pieces of the key to time? He says, No. And each time the doctor lies and trying to protect the segments, the blue static y charge hits him and causes extreme pain. He says, The pain will only increase as you lie, doctor. So finally, the doctor uh, gives in and 
shadow materializes the Dr. TARDIS and he asks, are they in there? And he says, yes. Romana, Merrick, and K-9 go back to the um, K-block to the transmat point and um, Romana sets K-9 working on the lock to go a control panel for the transmat. Merrick steps away and he notices that the bombing has stopped. He says, "Well, the bombing has stopped, and they must know they must know that we're defenseless. And why keep or why take Princess Astra? Why keep her? And we have no way of finding her." And Romana says to him that. Oh no! I have this little device here that you know it'll it'll point us in that direction. The canine gets the panel open, and so Romana or Marek says, "I'm sorry." Romana grabs the tracer and gets into the transmat and is uh, zapped over to Zeus. Um, the doctor stalling with the shadow. On not opening the TARDIS, and he um, he says, "Well, you know, I, I need to have the six. So if you have the sixth one, I'll just pop in there, put them together, and bring them out with you, with me." And the shadow says, "You're not dealing with the fool here, Doctor." And he says, "Oh yes, I am." Um, they so the doctor. The shadow says uh, to his minions, says, destroy him. So the doctor immediately puts his hands up, but ducks down so that the the guards are pointing their weapons instead across, actually, at the shadow. Um, and then he is, rises up and explains, says, well, I can't bring the segments out. You see, I've made a little fail-safe, and I have them in a limbo cabinet limbo and I can't bring them out because it'll trip this device. Fairly clever, don't you think? And the shadow says that it's no matter he's waited so long for these segments that he can wait. He knows the doctor is fairly impatient and he will make a mistake in time. And so the doctor says, oh yeah, yeah, fools rush in. Shadow just says, disappears, leaves the doctor alone with the TARDIS. First, the doctor heads towards the TARDIS and he says, No, I'm going to look around for the sixth segment. So Merrick arrives by Transmat and uh, starts looking around for Astra. We see in space a, a multi chambered a black ship appears to be and on this in this ship we see the sh uh, princess Astra being restrained in a dungeon like rock hewn dark uh, black area um, and the, the shadow is interrogating her once again and she says I don't know I don't know about this and he's asked again about the secret of the segment was passed down from generation to generation in the of the royal house of Atrios, and you surely you must know of it. 
Um, but she denies any knowledge and says, um, I will find the information about this if I have to pull it from your very being. And she says, since you don't care for yourself, how about, would you care about another? And the panels light up in the rock-hewn sections of the wall become windows too, or screens, view screens, and they show Merak wandering around looking for her, and she calls out to him, and Shadow says, you are more than a million miles away from, from him, he can't hear you, you think I would leave you on Zeos? The Marshal and Shap, um, Shap tries to tell the Marshal that there's a um, activity of some kind or a break-in feared in Kabov. Marshall sends Shap to investigate. Um, Shap sees uh, Romana and K-9 head into the transmat point and disappear. And he's very cautious about it, but he steps in and he disappears and blinks out over the Zeos as well. Romana sends K-9 ahead uh, to look for the doctor, I think is what she tells him to do. And she's in a look for Merrick. Shap appears after and uh, picks up, takes out his little radio and tries to call in and his voice kind of cracks and then he realizes there's no transmission. So he, and he hears somebody coming so he, he ducks around a corner and, and hides and we see the doctor come walking, bounding by and so the um, Shap uh, follows along and um, the doctor walks around a pillared area and runs into Shap. So the, um, the doctor has uh, looked at the ground and noticed that, pointed out footsteps actually and pointed out to himself that Romana Merak, or Merak, Romana, and K-9 were all there. So, Shap has captured the doctor, and, um, and Shap says, okay, all right, how did I get here? The doctor tries to tell him, it's like, well, it's transmat, you're, it's transmat point, you're transmatted, and that you're on Zeos. Zeos, it, it can't be Zeos, this has to be section 11B restricted area. He says, no. Shap, old chap, you're on Zeos. Merak finds Astra's bracelet with the tracer. Uh, he hears somebody coming and goes to attack around the corner and it's Romana. She finds him, takes the tracer from him. The uh, doctor and Shap are looking around and the doctor is saying about so dusty and unused and um, you know where are all the Zeons and so as he's talking to Shap about all this he holds out the dog whistle over his shoulder for Shap to blow on for him to call K-9 and then he asks Shap about the Zeons like what do they look like, these Zeons, and when you did see them? He says, well, they're pretty much like us, but their clothes were different, and this and that. And the doctor says, 
they're not tall, emaciated creatures dressed in black and chaps is not the ones that I've seen. Canine shows up and startles them, for one, and then says he's been communicating with the Commandant of Zeos and uh, the Zeon intelligence, and Duchess is why they like, much like to talk to him, too. He says, okay, well, come now, and I'll, I'll show you. So, okay, so they, they follow him, and as Canine is leading them down the, the pathways to where they need to meet this, he says it's been um, enjoyable to talk with one of his own kind, which stops the doctor in his tracks. He says, what did you say? He said, talking to a non-organic intelligence, a non-organic life form. The marshal is preparing to lead the final assault on Zeos in his own ship slash escape pod. They, the other crew is almost referred to it as, but check themselves. The, his ship is ready and loaded with weapons. And the marshal gives the final address that he will win victory for Atreus, and he goes off. The, uh, the doctor has met up with uh, Romana and Merrick. Romana's filling the doctor in as they're walking along, and uh, Merrick and Shaq are walking along together for, by canine. And Merrick is, is asking a lot of questions of Shaq, and Shaq tells him to get a hold of, get a grip, get a hold of yourself, man. Uh, Marshall is seeing his ship is coming closer and closer. Uh, as they wait outside, K9 um, does a spin around in place, and then he there's a panel on the wall with a lot of uh, light flashing and uh, leaps and blips, and I called it like gibberish tone, computer tones goes on, and then he finally gains entry while the rest wait outside. K9 then does more of a dance with this computer we see in the middle of the room. There's computer banks with switches and dials along two sides. In the middle of the floor there is a base with a um, triangular uh, type of uh, pyramid shape of that is lit and from inside and lights flashing in different sequences. Uh, finally, they, uh, the d doctor and Romana go in. They also walk around a bit uh, around this machine. Uh, the doctor calls in Shaq and introduces Shaq to the entire war machine of Zeos. And Shaq says, oh, see how invincible it is, and he tries to, uh, tries to shoot it in one of the uh, robotic uh, guard uh, guns, uh, immediately shoot the weapon out of Shaq's hand. 
the doctor asked K9 to ask about Astra, and he was told that all files on Princess Astra or Astra have, are inaccessible. The doctor asked to ask about the war, and K9 says, responds that the war is over. Next step is obliteration. The doctor says, of who? And K9 answers, of everything. A marshal is coming closer in his ship, and uh, his co-pilot says that the target has been located, so the marshal says, prepare to attack. And we end. So they all go to Zeoth, apparently. And you can feel the hands of the guys with the checkbooks. <laughs> you, it just feels like they've worked really hard to structure this episode so that they could do two episodes on Atreus, two episodes on Zeoth, and then who knows what the other two will be. Mm. But at this point, it's two and two. Chuck Woolery method of writing an episode, apparently. <laughs> two and two. Right back on that tree, then right back on that tree. No. And, and yes, I'm doing the two and the two symbol. Right. You have to. Do the little yeah, hand the symbol. Law. Yes, the Chuck Woolery, the game show law. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that in the episode notes earlier that they had structured two and two and then back and two. Um, but it's not just that you can see it in the notes. You can tell. It, it just feels that way. Yeah. They've made sets to, in that regard, so that they could change them a little bit so that you think you are they were Zeos, not Atreos. In one regard, I could maybe understand that they would probably be similar because they're the twi- they're known as the twin planets. Right. So, you know, they might not be that different, but, you know, it would be a little more than You this. would think so. You would think. Um, it reminds me of the... There was a... What were there? Two... Planets at war on Star Trek Next Generation. And there was a feud, a long-standing feud, that they were. One planet was was giving the, making the drug that that the others mm. on the other planet were surviving, but they were they were similar enough but different. Like one was like the really ritzy version of the other, um, and. So that I could see them doing a similar thing here, but they don't. Uh, yeah, this is actually more like an older one, uh, one of the original series, where two planets are at war, but really it's their computers telling them who has to die. The computers are doing the war uh, and saying who has to be killed, mm. and the people are expected to kill themselves. It's not quite the same, but it has that feel to it. Yeah, me. I, yes, I could see that. 
especially once we discover that Zeos is really just a computer. Yes. With no inhabitants, at least as far as we can tell. Their war machine in there, which the canine says is called Mental. It does say Mentalis, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, so that the sets are. um, They're kind of off putting, really, because they're very angular. I mean, to. The doorways over the trans mat when it opens, almost coming to a point, mm-hmm. you know, bef- at the at the ceiling, they're that sharp. And there's a panel next to the door that um, is is you know aligned to the edge of the doorway, and you, it's just so weirdly off kilter. They didn't fit it against that edge very well. So it was very distracting. Mm. Sharp and distracting <laughs> and dusty. <laughs> I get the point of the dust, though, because nobody, it's in, uninhabited except for this machine. We find that out later. But the set work was, was not ideal, I don't it was certainly weird choices that yeah. they made. I, I did think that the room that Mentalis is in is pretty nice, though. It's you know it's cleaner in there. There's a you know more of a there's a diamond uh, pattern on the floor. There's clean banks of equipment. Um, there's a little uh, side panels that make up the base of the computer. And then the um, triangular type pyramid. Uh, it's not real. I don't know exactly what geometric shape they've made Mentalis. 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 I didn't notice what he was actually. Comes up to more than one point, but it's not equally. It's not equal sided, I guess. But I think that the, having the little soft lights inside of it make you know random uh, patterns. It, it looks really nice. It looks like a Star Trek creation to me. Oh. Yes, they did do a lot of that. Um, um, random flashing of lights within plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so that's a compliment to, <laughs> to Doctor Who. <laughs> I think that it was likely a Star Trek thing. Because mm. I think that a lot of the set work and stuff on well both of them but the original one in particular they, you know they had a I know they had some their own budget issues and such but I think they they made a little bit more of a stretch to, for some of those things to mm. make them look yeah otherworldly and um, futuristic so. but I like the way it looked I like the way that looked Rest of Zeus, not so much, but I think that was good. And we get to meet more people. We get to see more of the bad guys. The shadow. Oh, those bad guys, sorry, yeah. 
thought you were talking about the marshal. Oh, no. And his people, but I didn't remember that. But we hear the voice that the marshal hears from the, the skull. skull behind his mirror. And then we meet the voice of the skull behind the mirror. So you can hear it's the same. Mm. There's the shadow who just says, I am called the shadow. I am, let's just say I'm your adversary. So It's a, it's a similar thing where they oh they you know threaten the doctor and it'll just get more painful the more you don't tell me what I want to know and the more you try to lie to me to protect whatever you're, you're doing so he's been in that situation before mm -hmm. does he always so give in uh, he he often does when they threaten another individual or a friend of the doctor. Well, but did he really give in? Well, he started answering the questions. Ah, that's different. Yeah. And he said, you know, they say, he asked, are there segments in, in this box, this TARDIS? And he says, yes, you will get them out for, and you will get them out, won't you, or something. And he says, yes. He says it in very, yes. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to answer you kind of yeah. tone of voice, you know. So, under duress, but I think it's it's usually that they're threatening somebody to get the doctor to. Well, and they kind of are. They're threatening him. True. Well, that, that's usually a reason for him to do anything. But. He doesn't take his own life being threatened very seriously. Normally. No, that, that, I guess that was my point. Is that usually it, he waits until they put his companion in danger or the whole human race in danger or some, you know, something bigger than outside of just his own well-being before he'll, he'll go along with or agree or whatever. Yeah. But I think that had an interesting turn that... Um, the shadow says, I've waited so long for this, I'll wait, I'm fine waiting some more. You don't have as much patience, and you will make a mistake, and I'll be here to capitalize on it when you do. And he uh, vanishes. That was the shadow? Yeah. Um, which is kind of a, a different... Uh, backing off of the, the bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Again, Romana gets the tracer taken from her. Yeah. She should just not carry the darn thing. Or she, she needs handcuffs to put it on. loses it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to pin it to her shirt for her. <laughs> so she won't lose it. While on that, in the rebuilt operation, uh, Daron steals it from her. Um, I think she keeps it in Pirate Planet, though. And Stones of Blood, but uh, Android Android Terra, she drops it. 
No. No, she has it on that one. It's Power of Crow where she drops it. Right, because it was in the swamps. Yeah. And the doctor recovered it. So that's three out of three. But wasn't it the end of the first one where they think they've lost it, but it turns out the doctor had it in his pocket after all? Oh, yeah. But really, she should she should not show it to people. That just ends up costing her. Yeah. And then we see Astra again. Learn more about why she was taken. That she should know this secret to this segment, which she says she doesn't. We also learn that there's appears to be a ship where the shadow is, because it's obviously it's definitely not a planet, planetary form that we see. So I assume it's a ship of some kind. We also learn that somehow Romana knows what a bee is, <laughs> even though she's never been to Earth. Well, the doctor knows. Uh, I take that back. She was on Earth and stones of blood. True. But she might have learned then, but I yeah. doubt it. Um, I doubt it, too, since they were in... Well, I don't know. It strikes me as being winter-ish. Yeah, but it might not fall. be because it's not... Uh, was it part of the solstice? Oh, probably. I don't remember now. They were worshipping in the stone circle. Right. They made sacrifices, so may well have been. Um, yeah, that is kind of interesting. Hard to explain, unless they have bees on Gallifrey? Yeah, but surely they, uh, not all bees everywhere do the same little dance. True. Yeah. Because when, which, I'm sure you know what we're talking about since I didn't mention it in there, but when canine spins and then does the little stupid dance. The yes, little gibberish tones and computer noise the, the song of the filler song of wasting time um, Romana says oh it must be something like the dance of the bumblebee or the dance of the bees to um, communicate so I think it's Merak or Shap who asked the doctor what's a bee Answers quite viciously. They're insects. Yeah. With stingers in their tails. It's like, really? How is he supposed to know? Um, might have just been better if he said, they're insects with stingers in their tails. No, be quiet. You know. So yeah, that was kind of strange. 
But when K9 spins, and then they made a point of it in the info track, and uh, they said, somebody asks, oh, what is he doing? And Josh says, I don't know. I've never seen him do that before. Um, yes, he has. Yes. He did that when they... Fairly recently, even. Yeah. When they arrived on... Um, in Pirate Planet. When they arrived, I think, on... Either on Califrax or on mm-hmm. the... Um, Private planet, self, Xanax. Um, they look over in the TARDIS, and K9 is spinning just like that. So, continuity person. <coughs> editor. <laughs> continuity editor, please. But surely the editor should have caught that. That's what he's there for. Yes, they have. I think there are uh, quite a few little funny things. Uh, funny, but almost with the serious, but they actually had a little bit of a funny twist. When the shadow says, um, you're not dealing with a fool. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, I am. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. And when they tell him to put it to uh, destroy him, the doctor puts his hands up, but he ducks. Uh-huh. So he's coward. He's down, squatting down on the floor with his hands up. So it's like it's just so perfect. It seems like such a um, a natural thing for him to do. Yeah, it, it was seamless. Just you know, ducking out of the way. Duck and in put his hands. In case he's shot. Yeah. Simple but brilliant, you know. Because if they do shoot, they would shoot across to the shadow, mm-hmm. conceivably. Um, so a bit of part of that was, I thought, pretty fun. Um, when And then Chap, I think, actually, is pretty funny. When he goes into the chamber and he doesn't know what it is really and so the transmat beam lights up and flashes and everything and he's kind of like oh what is this and he comes out and he's got his, his little weapon which looks like a flashlight paint spray painted white with some handles stuck in there's probably a good reason for that because it was <laughs> I don't know. a flashlight <laughs> but um kind of one of the big ones with the with the blocky or the round very big round torch light and then the, um, the bigger diameter circumference in the handle on the top kind of thing. It's hard to explain, I guess. I don't mean just just like a mag light. I mean more blocky looking flashlight. Which are the same as the devices that fire upon him that are attached to the wall around Mentalis. They're just spray painted black. Mm. Say the same shape though, but he's got that out and ready because he's afraid, you know. And uh, he, he has his little radio, and his uh, way his voice crackles. It, it's really high, chap, 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 and and then the notice is not working. So it's just funny to see him be so frightened. Mm. And then. Uh, <laughs> he captures, you know, he tells the doctor to stand up and puts his weapon on him. And so the doctor 
gets up, stands up, puts his hands up, says, all right, where am I? <laughs> and then he has the words with Merak and tells him to, oh, get a hold of yourself, man. And then um, they've stopped to talk and have gotten kind of out of sight of the, the doctor and Amana ahead of him. says, doctor? And he's, again, kind of freaked out. And they hurry to catch up because they don't want to keep, they don't want to be stuck by themselves. I always thought that was kind of funny. Added bit of humor from the local uh, characters rather than from the doctor so much. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? No, nothing I can think of. There was more filler, I guess. Yeah, the, well, the whole Marshall flying closer. Uh, and then now they're closer. And now they're closer and they've, they've, they're in range. Um, that was a kind of time-wasting. Uh, so was there. There's just so many little things that taken together would probably take up a third of the show. Maybe a fourth of the show, like that, that terrible computer noise, mm -hmm. dance of the bees, whatever you want to call it, what they wanted to call it. It went on so long, and it was really a lot louder than the rest of the dialogue, I thought. So it was almost hurting my ears to mm -hmm. listen to it. And then there's a higher computer noise when they get in the room with Mentel that also seems to be, you know, mixed incorrectly. So that it was like, geez, turn it down. But that, and then canine, goes the whole circle of the machine, and they don't show canine on the floor from up above too much, because you focus on how slow and terrible he moves. <laughs> At least if it's a shot where you don't actually see where he touches the floor, they can have him on the little roller thing and he can appear to move a little bit more even or a little faster. So, our uh, ending is kind of twofold, I think, that first of all, Mentalis has said that next is obliteration for everything, followed by the marshal finally arriving and preparing to attack. Yeah, but saying that everything is going to be obliterated, those are famous last words. Yeah. Every dictator says that. Every warlike dictator, anyway. True. I'm trying to think of a dictator who is not warlike. You can have benevolent dictators. Yeah, just They're less common. Just having trouble thinking of one. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, I know it, it's not a, a mutually exclusive word there, but it's treated as if it is. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, um, yeah. But this dictator happens to be a computer, so it may seem a little more threatening that it's been running this terrible war against Atreus for so long and won, you know, mm-hmm. essentially. So may not seem as empty a threat coming from this computer that we don't know much about yet. True. Do you think it, this is better to stop with the Marshal preparing to attack? No. Or what's... Yeah, we stop before that. With the total obliteration? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's actually where I thought it might. It's the, in my opinion, it's much higher in the drama factor that you need for a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Just seeing some steely-eyed guy standing in a cockpit doesn't really do much otherwise. No. Plus, if the big bad computer general says total obliteration and then you have the little mad general marshal gonna fire some weapons from his spaceship Mm -hmm. it's like throwing rocks at the nuclear bomb versus a nuclear bomb you know one the bigger threat has already happened, and then we get we end on the smaller one. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple missiles on the spaceship. Yeah, I, I think it would have been better to end on the canines were about total obliteration for everything. More drama, more questioning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Alright. Well, join us tomorrow when we talk about episode 4 of The Armageddon Factor. So join us then, and thank you for listening.